This episode is brought to you by Daniel House Club. Daniel House Club simplifies the process of sourcing and purchasing by giving designers access to over 150 trade vendors in a single place. They've saved designers over $2.5 million in purchase costs in the past year. You'll get paid whether you send a cart to your client or you purchase directly. And they'll help handle the order logistics. Hotties can join Daniel House Club and save 50% off their first year of membership by going to danielhouse.club HYDC today. This episode is sponsored by High Point Market. High Point Market is the show in the design industry to see the most product for your projects and take in new trends. And you don't want to miss their world-class panels, tours, and unlimited educational and networking opportunities. Fall Market is October 14th through the 18th, so start planning your trip now using the High Point Market app and their free travel concierge services. You can get your free market pass by pre-registering before October 11th. To learn more and register, visit highpointmarket.org slash register H-Y-D-C. We'll see you there. Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Hi, Sean. Hi, Rebecca. It's a celebratory day. It's a it's a centennial celebration. Can you believe we're 100 episodes old? <laughs> young and hot. We're hot 100. Hot young 100 club. Here we go. <laughs> Wait, was the one? Oh no, it was I'm sorry. It was the 700 club. Was that wasn't that oh, like the a religious? Or... Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was like, oh, it wasn't the Sorry. 100 Club. No. Yeah, it wasn't the 100 Club. <laughs> Let's not be a part of that. You were um, correct, exactly. So I, this is like a big milestone. Like, you know, I like my little milestone number moments. Rebecca loves a look back episode for everyone who's <laughs> listening. She loves it. I just, I just never really let let things in as they're happening. It's hard for me to kind of feel things in the moment so there are I do like to like create stopping points where it's like no like soak it in yeah like have a toast go to a special meal enjoy it yeah so okay so in this took us three and a half years (laughs) to get to a hundred we slowed down our publishing schedule but it's a big deal. So we are celebrating with a giveaway. Giveaway. Free shit. Here we come. <laughs> Everybody loves free everyone, stuff. Everyone loves free stuff. And we kind of went through some of like our favorite things that we use in our daily lives as designers. Yes. We didn't know what to call it. But it's a it's just like we want to give other des- uh, we want to give one lucky designer some of our favorite things. So my number one contribution to this, Sean's like less of a everyday user, but he does have one is a Hulkin bag. Rebecca's purse is a Hulkin bag. You guys, if you don't have one or haven't seen them, like you're just not a schleppy mom, but... Re- Rebecca takes hers everywhere. Every time I see her, Literally. every time we travel, it's just like 
her purse in her Hulken bag. The Hulken bag poured out of the back of the car. <laughs> like, okay, so if you don't know what it is, a Hulken bag is basically like an IKEA bag shaped like a grocery bag. Yeah, four X in size, and like more, even more durable because it's got like the plastic wrapping on the handles so they don't tear and it's like super thick and industrial and the bottom is like heavy duty supported like and it has wheels which is the thing the wheels are the magic of it all it's a lot but it's definitely one of the mvps in my install kit so it does get used a lot and it frequently is making its way back and forth on installs and when i've got like tons of materials and stuff like it does get a lot of use I don't use it like a so, purse, but you you I don't could use like a purse. But I put my work bag, my purse, monitor, and so I've put a monitor in it. I know this is like Rebecca's um, carry on luggage bag when we do retreats <laughs> okay, and stuff. Just so you know, we're giving away a medium size. If you've been on the fence about what size to get, I recommend the medium. It's the most useful size, I feel like. But I also have the large, and that thing. Literally, a 10-year-old child can fit in that. Yeah. And my favorite okay. that I've used a lot, also part of, also preview, it's in our install and styling kit if you're looking at our shop, but it's the electric scissors. The You will never want to deal with rug pads or all this crazy stuff ever again. Or like, it's even good for packaging that's really hard to break down. Like if you want to use it to cut up mm. pieces of cardboard, you can use it. The blades are interchangeable. But it's chargeable and it cuts through a even like a vinyl backed rug pad. It cuts like butter. It's so amazing. I have them, but I kind of was a late adopter. So I haven't had a chance to use them very much. But anytime I'm like, what can I do with this? It's like no more straight blade, like no more box cutter anymore. Get the electric scissor. It will do. You look like a baddie when you're using it. You're just like, it's so good. I love it. Okay. And then my. Well, my next contender is going to be the NYX Mini. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what this thing is, I've been using it all week. I use it all the time. It's basically a tiny scanner about the size of... A silver dollar. A ring pop. (laughs) A ring pop. Okay. (laughs) It kind of looks like a ring pop. Yeah. And there's different kinds. I think some of the paint companies have their own that are similar, but basically it's a tiny scanner that you can put on anything. And it attaches to a app on your phone that you can download different databases. So I have a paint database that you can choose what companies you want it to search. So if like I wanted to scan this shirt and I could say, look for colors in the Sherwin-Williams and Pharaoh and Ball line, yeah. it'll show me the closest matches. But there's also other versions or there apps that you can download that work with it for like hex colors so how to translate it to the web oh, or that's interesting okay, I think yeah. there's a Pantone one too oh so, yeah it's really cool so I do it a lot to like cross-reference different paint companies or the client like really likes a certain tone something in a something. piece of art I'll scan it or I've gone to people's houses like give me that paint the color exterior like- <laughs> the exterior of a house yeah what color is this? Chroma test done. Let's get out of here. Like done. Is it Bluetooth capable? It like pairs with your phone or something? Yes. Okay. Oh, so easy. Done. Put it in the glove box. Let's yeah. go. Okay. My last thing we're putting in our in our giveaway is everybody needs one of these. I'm still shocked when every designer says they don't have one. It's a laser measure. You need a laser measure. 
Bosch seems to be like the industry leader in them. So you're getting a Bosch laser measure in the giveaway. If you are our lucky, lucky winner, it will make your life so much better. If you do not get out a physical tape measure for anything over three feet ever again. <laughs> like, yeah. So you need this along. I, I have in my kit a regular manual tape measure for little things. Yeah. The Bosch laser menu measure, the laser measurer for longer walls. And then I use canvas for converting, scanning like an entire exactly. room that I might actually make into a plan. So it's so accurate. Like it's, you can set it, you can set your t- tolerances to the 16th of an inch if you want, or you can change it to be like within an eighth if you like. It's makes life so easy. And then, you know, each model's a little different, but you get, you can get much better functionality out of this than you're going to get out of like a 20 foot tape measure and trying to measure across a whole house. Like this, the one we're giving away, what did you say? It goes up to a hundred and something. 65 feet. Like, come on y'all. You're not, you're probably not even going to need that, but who cares? Take the superpower, go with it. Like, and you look like a professional. Exactly. So if you want to win, you need to go to our website www.hotyoungdesignersclub.com. There will be a form on the homepage. You're going to... We'll also probably have it linked in Instagram. You're going to give us your email. You're going to sign up. And you only have until the end of September, which means if you're listening right now, it's September 15th. You have to enter before the end of September for the giveaway. And we are going to pick one lucky winner at random from everybody who enters to get this and then we will reach out to you to send you your special giveaway. It's valued at more than $300. So, you know, for me, that feels like an even exchange to give us your email and we give you a chance of winning something that's worth $300. Let's do it. Okay. Thanks, Hotties. Thanks for celebrating with us and thank you for being here. Yes. So now we're going to do a little. A very special episode of Hot Young Designers Club. Yeah, we're going to do a little look back, which even though I said I like to like biggest take a learnings, pause, biggest owies, biggest, I don't know. Oh, we have a couple. We have a list. <laughs> it was kind of cringy to go back to some of this, but. Oh, no. I Well, I didn't have the same experience, but we all don't want to relive certain parts of our lives. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely interesting that we had, we kind of broadcasted a lot of our pandemic experience. So someday, I don't know, it's like a time capsule. It, it's hard to listen nice to some to of them because we lived through them. But there's a lot of deep learnings in those. You might just, if you're going back and listening to the back catalog of episodes and you're listening to those ones that were deep in the heart of 2020 like the first 26 episodes, give it a minute. Like maybe you skip past some of the what's going on in our lives part and then skip ahead to the content of what we're trying to tell you about being a designer. We streamlined some things for sure. <laughs> but if there's some old if there's some old segments that you did like and you want us to bring them back, let us let us know. Maybe we forgot that we did that. We've we've blocked so much out from <laughs> we've blocked well, out a okay, lot. Okay, so I was thinking about this and you and I were kind of talking about it when we were planning is that it's really kind of an interesting alignment that our podcast 
started exactly when the pandemic started, which also was like most designers had a huge change or learning curve in the last three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of done it in real time. We're like child stars (laughs) that grew up on TV, you know, like. Okay, I'm I'm with I'm tracking the, the the metaphor like, here. Yeah, we did a lot of we did a lot of growing up. A lot up. of growing up. Yeah, I'm not a little girl anymore, Dad. So, <laughs> and it was kind of a big pivotal moment in our businesses because we yeah. were even babier then. Oh, um, we were not when, that I've got it all figured out, but no. But when you listen back in those early episodes, like I think I was just reintegrating. Acuity and a scheduling platform back into my business. Like, and now I'm so many years in that I cannot imagine not having it anymore. So it really is shocking to look back and realize where you've come from. So I would also encourage designers, if you're listening, you don't have a hundred episodes of your life to look back on like we do, probably. So remember where you've come from and things you were doing when you first started and how much you've learned and let yourself grow from that and feel good about where you are now. Like It's a very valuable reflection to think about whether you just started a month ago or whether you started 10 years ago or any amount of time. You're making a lot of incremental changes and steps and growth. And that's worth celebrating. Totally agree. And I think something that came really to the surface for a lot of us is how much our lives were kind of integrated with our work involuntarily. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was even going back, like you were dealing a lot with your dad that first year and mm. so many things that just we had to deal with at home in our home life Yeah, where our work was. And I do think a lot of that has moved and carried with me that, I don't know. Now I don't feel like I need to hide so much of myself. It's just more integrated. And I think the world accepts a lot of that more. Well, the world I so, want to be part of does. Like true, the totally, part of the yeah. world that's like, everyone come back to the office does not agree with that. But or you keep your home life at home. We don't want to know what we don't you're want to, doing. I like, don't want to know that you have a child who's sick at home and you need a day off. I just want you to be here. Like that's, I'm sorry. That's not going to be me. That's not going to be my business. No, thank you. Or my clients, like if they don't, I mean, it's not like I'm. You're like weeding them out where you're like. Mom problems, but. <laughs> Let me cancel the first meeting because of a sick kid to see what they do. <laughs> oh, that could just be part of your nurturing sequence. It's an automatic email of, I'm so sorry to do this, but, and then when they're like, and then great, when they reply, no problem, let, I'll reschedule. Then you're like, oh, actually just kidding. You passed the test. <laughs> I'll see you on the, I'll see you on your originally or scheduled say, date. Actually, thank you for doing this. I'm overwhelmed too. Then you actually send them a gift. Yeah. <laughs> you send them like a Burke Williams gift card or something. <laughs> Seriously. Let's cheers to being a human and remembering that we all have our lives to worry about and our people that we care most about in our lives. Okay. So we have a couple little questions we asked each other and ourselves to go through. So you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll ask you. Okay. Oh, okay. What's what <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. Okay. What's one piece of guest advice you incorporated into your business? 
So there's tons of them, but we had to just pick one because otherwise we'd be here for a very long episode. And my biggest change to the way I run things in my business is using the good, better, best pricing model for furnishing and accessories that Jacob Medina shared with us during episode 26. Yeah. Well, and then you converted it into an incredible tool that we all use. Oh, yeah. Like made it my own spreadsheet, made it a workable calculator for my business. For those of you who haven't been here long enough and remember that part, like it was a tool that I started before and I was using it. Side note, you can purchase your own at shop.hotyoungdesignersclub.com. But yeah, no, he really laid that out. What episode number was that? Episode 26. Yeah, he was one of our early ones. Deep cuts there, y'all. Hi, Jacob. And that whole philosophy of like helping your clients realize that budgeting is done in like stages of like what you value most from a product quality, but also how much you want to spend and letting them take the ownness of that is really powerful. It's proven to be really significant and also increases the average sale ratio that we give our clients because I'm always surprised at where their totals end up. And they were like, they'll always aim low if you don't give them something like this. Yeah, I think it's a nice way to have them know that you're considerate as well. Like, we're not just out here trying to grab the most expensive thing. Like, it's, I've had a lot of conversations from clients with young, young kids and old pets. Like, I don't, (laughs) I'm not investing in a rug right now. So, okay. Like, we'll keep the, you know, we'll figure out what your big bucket budget is, but it's not all divided equally. Like we can have a lower end rug if that's your lifestyle right now. Yeah. Invest in the upholstery items so that you're kind of on the same team. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like this contested situation. Exactly. No, it's help. And so, yeah, now that it's, we're calling it like our estimating budget work guide, that's going so much further into getting more people on board early in the process. But that whole philosophy was mind-blowing when Jacob shared it with us. Yeah, that's a good one. So if you need a little realization moment, head back to episode 26 and give Jacob a follow. I know. He's good. He's good people. Yeah. Okay, so mine, mm-hmm. I had to kind of think about this too, was Anea White, episode 80, episode 38. Okay. So I there's a lot of good nuggets in her episode. But I liked when she said, she started questioning, does this look like something a designer would do? Mm. So when clients were asking for certain things and it gave her like something to push back on, like, we want to create a space that looks like you hired a designer Mm -hmm. and not just something that can be recreated from Pinterest or whatever, or inspo photo. Right. But that also means like, to explain to clients, like a designer room is very layered. It's complete. There's drapery on the windows. There's accessories on the shelves. There's something on the coffee table. Like it's, there's a lot to it. So, and there's also more interesting problem solving. Yeah. I think not just like everything's painted white, call it a day. And I think that, was a really powerful turnaround in realizing like, no, wait, we're being hired to do more. Like we just have to do that. 
yeah, push yourself and push them. Like it's kind of both. Like don't just be like an order taker. Like we say a lot. You didn't hire me for just the cheeseburger. I'm giving you the whole meal, baby. Like, yeah, don't you want dessert? <laughs> the other thing, just from that episode that I really loved, was she always gives somewhat gives the client a little something they didn't ask for. And if they, so she said, like, if they have the 30,000, so she's, or she said their budget, they told me their budget was 30,000. I'm going to show them 50,000 because if they have the 30K, then they have the 20K. I'm, I'm just going to say that rang really true because so many people, you know, have the money. They just need it pried out of their cold hands. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So she's just like, just do it without emotion. Show them the extra option. Yeah. Just like you're doing them a service. So I love her. Yes. There are, there's so, there's so much that it's interesting to watch it change from Inea's perspective, like on the East Coast, that I think is valuable when you listen to designer episodes and you realize, like, oh, there are a lot of things in common among all of us, regardless of where we are. But it really helps you understand how the mentality shifts when you're lo- when you're looking at where different designers are working and who their communities are. And there's something really great about that in the guest episodes overall. That it's realizing what we share in common and what our clients share in common, but also learning like, oh wait, I can bring this designer experience that you see in New York or in LA or Miami, I can bring that to clients everywhere. Like I can treat my clients stellar and give them the amazing service of a national designer no matter where I am. And it's also like from her standpoint, like a little of that New York City mojo, like Mm -hmm. you want this, like... Come on. You can do this. You're a badass. You earned it. You have this profit share from your company. Let's put it into something cool. Like... Yeah. I So share... Following up to that, share what your most mind-blowing conversation has been. Okay, I think I brought this up before because <laughs> I think it just really stood out to me. Linda Hazlett's 15-minute consultation. <laughs> I So it was a little controversial. Like She knows that. We've talked about it. Episode 82. Yeah. I just really love how she, she did this. Joy Williams talked about this too in her episode about this idea of kind of just positioning yourself as the prize. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something I really need to work on and I have been working on it, that we're not out there begging for scraps. Like, So her 15-minute consultation, like she has an immediate gut if this is a good fit personality-wise or a house she wants to work on. Right. And she's just no nonsense about it. And she's upfront, like she's not rude. But she's like, okay, I'll give you a spin for 15 minutes. And I don't think she charges though, right? No, not for that. Not for that. So, but that's also like, do I deem this situation worthy worthy of my time? There's like, I think what's funny about it is as we were getting responses from some, some designers, like you could tell that they were struggling with that because they themselves wouldn't necessarily be able to stand in their own power and do that. Like, it brings out the people pleasers in us. It brings out the I can help everyone. It just it brings up a lot of stuff. And I think that there are not many of us who can truly stand in our power and own our experience and what our value is and say, I only need 15 minutes to trust my judgment, to trust what I do, to say yes or no to the next step. And I think 
we all build it all up in our heads. And I bet if we were forced to make the decision very quickly, we would be able to do it. I truly believe most designers would be able to do that. I I know. I don't think I could do it. (laughs) Like, I think... I mean, I don't think you could either. I think you could do the stand in your power part. I think you'd have a hard time like not doing the chit chat. Because like we get to know... Like you can't even say goodbye in 15 minutes. (laughs) So... (laughs) Nope. So that like get to know you thing, but I I mean but I if just you said in really fifteen admire... minutes is this a yes or no to a client? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could probably tell you yes, that within just sure. the first one or two minutes because of internalized trauma. <laughs> I mean, we all should be able to like that's like trusting your gut and the information that you've processed. I mean, Probably before you've even gotten there. I've I pride myself on being a really strong judge of character, and I'm usually the first person in a group of friends where people are like, "Here's this new person," and I'm like, "They're going to be cool." And then other people, I'm like, "I won't be seeing them again." And then they're like, "Why?" And I'm like, "There's something going on." And they're like, "So turns out he has a drug problem." And I'm like, "Oh, surprise! Like I <laughs> come on, y'all. Like you know, I'm just like, who? What's going on? Like." But not everyone has been through those scenarios where they're able to predict behaviors like that. And TikTok has taught me that's trauma talking. So (laughs) that's for me and the therapist. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're here. We're here to to help you. We got another 100 episodes ahead of us. No, it's like, what do they talk about it where you're like reading? It's that idea of like reading emotion is because you had to learn how to read emotion. How to quickly like see what the situation is, if it's stable. Yeah. And that's like where you learn that as like a kid. You're like, oh, is it a safe day to share information with someone? Is it not a safe day? Like all that stuff feeds into like our emotional ability to support our clients and to read what's going on with them and not ignore stuff for them. So I think there's a lot of power in that. Anyway. Okay. Well, what about you? What was your most mind-blowing... Oh my God. Husband. What was your most mind-blowing conversation? I... This episode happened later in our development, but I read the book and it was mind-blowing when it happened, but the having Shannon Lee from Win Without Pitching on in episode 87, the whole idea of like price anchoring and the psychology of price tiers and like how we position those to clients, it really cha- it changes the way that I have built so much of my business and understood and also like how I understand what I'm willing to offer people. Her episode was amazing. Yeah. And I think that's like another kind of version of like making yourself the prize, right? Mm -hmm. Like, here's what I will do for this. Here's what I will do for this. And it's like boundary setting at an early stage, but also, yeah, like the law of attraction, like getting people like moved into this position you want them to be through price. And I've heard... I know this was a big thing for other designers of realizing that whole like mentality of this is what I do and it only works if we do it this way. And if you don't want that, that's okay. And there are plenty of people who will help you and they just won't be me. Like that takes so much power back for yourself and for someone to hear your project will not go smoothly if we don't follow this process internally. And you could definitely still get to the end goal, but it just won't be as 
great, as cost-effective, as efficient, as whatever, all of your value just does not get delivered the same way if we don't follow the process and the way you do it. And you you get to determine what that is. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. Like It's okay. People, not everyone has to like it. No, because not everyone's your client. And I've had people who are like, well, but this is what I really want. Like they're like making their own little custom package of what they want me to do. And it's just like, I just don't do, I don't do that. That's, that's not me. And I know I'll be unhappy. I'm the prize. I'm the prize. You're not like in this situation. Yeah. You need to be wooing me more. Yeah. The people who are like, I just want you to help me design a built-in. Just. And I'm like, no, you could book consults and I can, whatever we can come up with, you can take to some cabinet. I, Whatever I sketch live, you can take, like, but I'm not gonna yeah. like go drive with you to some cabinet maker unless that's a you're booking it like an in-home consultation. Like it's made it really easy to say, yeah, that doesn't work for me. This is what would work for me. And if you want that, great. And if you don't, too bad. Like, you want me to go shop with you? You can book an in-home consultation, but tell me what showroom to show up at instead. Like, and no one ever. No one has ever done that from the people who are like, just need help picking out furniture. I'm like, okay, well, I can do that virtually with you on a virtual consult, or you can book an in-home consult and tell me which single showroom to show up at. And no one ever does Home it. goods. No one does it. Nobody does it because they know that's not no. the best use of their time. But it feels really powerful. And they said, and they said just. And just is a red flag. Yeah. Just stop the just. Yes, exactly. Okay. So what is one way you feel like you've changed the most in three years? This builds on these other conversations we've had, but I've really been able to get very clear on my process and what I will and won't do and which services I have offered for the types of projects that I'll do. And like having that clarity every time someone picks up a phone, it's like I'm instantly ready to talk about an inquiry at any given moment. I don't need prep time. I don't need a long on-ramp to get ready for a discovery call anymore. I know exactly what my services are, what my rates are, how they work. They change from time to time. But like every time I pick up the phone, I'm very clear on where someone fits and what, I'm, what I and- can do. The call to action, like what you want them to do. I think that's like the most important, like what's the next step you want them to take and be leading them to that. And I didn't have Because sometimes, yeah, because sometimes I don't always have like, I don't know what service they're going to be best for. Like they could be in between like full service or designer on call. And I can't really tell until I get to a consultation. So it's like... We just need to get to a consultation and I'll we'll and let this you is know it. what. Yeah. Because you then you know what you're going to create a proposal for. Like this is what I think. Now that I know more about your needs and your goals, this is where I'm directing you because I know what my services are. Yeah. And, I and feel it's not like, all full service. In our case, like we have other options for people. Right. To give them like a lesser version of it all. Yeah. And it's easy to describe that to people now. Like when people DM me or email me and they're like, I just don't know what to do. I know, okay, you can schedule a discovery call and we can have a chat. Like no more. We're not doing 18 messages back and forth with each other. Here's the link. Schedule a call. Let's do it all fast. 
Like, let's get started. That's the first step. Like, I, I even have it as a, what do they call them? In, like Instagram. a saved reply? Mm-hmm. I customize it a little bit, but it all instantly, oh, what, Boom. you should fuck a consultation. It has the link in it. But that makes it so easy. Yeah. Like the ease of when people say, I don't know what to do. Okay, schedule a discovery call. Or I just need some quick help. Okay, great. Here's the link for a consultation. Done. Yeah. Done. Let me know when the show up. And that's, I did not have that three years ago when we were first starting this show. So that feels really good. Good. I was like, okay. Hey, hotties. Have you been missing new Process Party episodes and want more behind the scenes scoops? It's all over on our Patreon. Our loyal hotties get exclusive episodes, live workshops, and our best unedited and unfiltered conversations for just $10 a month. And if that's not enough, it's super easy to subscribe and there's no long-term commitment. Learn more and subscribe at patreon.com slash HYDC. How do I feel like I've changed the most in three years? Yeah. I don't know. I still feel sometimes that 2020 was like, eight months ago, but it definitely I, wasn't. I think through this experience and this show and just the growth, I do feel like my money story and my ease with talking about it has improved a lot. Part of it has come with experience. Like once you do some bigger projects and put some throw some bigger numbers onto proposals and mm-hmm. get them paid, then you're like Oh, okay. Now fifty thousand dollars is not that much money. Not not in a disrespectful way, but in a I can talk about it way. Yeah. It just everything just kind of changes. I think my perspective on numbers has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's less emotional, which it needs to be. Yes. So that it's out there. Like we had this whole episode about it and it's come up a lot. But talking about money is our job and we just need to be comfortable with it and not make our money story or issues be our clients because they're not the same. No, it's, yeah, just because we couldn't afford ourselves does not mean that other people can't and that they can't afford to pay for the types of products that we can sell them. Like, there's so much. And it's almost like when they say like with wild animals, like don't let them see your fear. Like <laughs> you have to exude this level of confidence so that they have trust in you. I'm I like, I think it I know can't what you mean. be a problem. Like I just have to be cool. Like I'm in a tiger cage. They might be nice. The tiger might eat me, but I can't let it know that I'm scared it's going to. Is it well? Is it bigger to... Okay, not a tiger. I feel like maybe it's the bear. It's the, I need to make myself... Mm. Like, what's the one... Whatever, it's not... It's one of the bears, not black or brown. I don't know which one. It's one of those. But it's like, make yourself bigger. One of them you run away from Mm. as fast as you can. The other, they say, you need to be louder and bigger. And that's sort of like money. Is like, don't let your clients scare you about that. You got to be bigger than them about the money. Like, you have to be more confident about the money because they're, that bear yes. is looking for you to prove that you're also a big dog in the fight. Like, a hundred grand is nothing. And this I, is how much it costs. We talked about you spending that much money. Here's the bill. Like, yeah, it has to just be comfortable because they have to trust that you're trustworthy with what they're giving you. 
Yeah. And if it feels like you've had that conversation so many times, they're like, okay, I'm the one. Then the client is the one with the hangups, not you. Like, exactly. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good like growth. I can say that I have seen your growth exponentially over Mm. even just three years. And like, that doesn't mean that we don't ever stop ourselves. Like, we've talked about that recently of like, we're sending a giant proposal just click send, who's my buddy is going to tell me, click send. But in the past, in like 2020, you might have said, oh my God, don't send that. That's crazy. Or, you know, like it's grown so much. Yeah, like the evidence wasn't there. And some of it is just evidence. And I think it's just take, it's just experience and like doing things in your business to slowly build trust in yourself. I was in a group forum on Facebook the other day and somebody was asking about how to get people to buy from her, I think, and not shop her. And she was said she's too new to do a minimum expenditure. And I was thinking like, would I have tell myself in the beginning to do it? And I do think I would. And I told and I said, start small. I mean, even if it's a fifteen hundred dollar minimum expenditure very small, but it's starting to give you the proof you need that people will buy from you, give you practice and how to do it all, go through mm-hmm. the process. And then you just keep increasing and increasing it. Maybe 2,500, but yeah, we got to start somewhere get, bigger. Yeah. But just get them on board and just, yeah, start believing and having confidence. Yeah. If you want a look back on how we've talked about money, Episode 81 is a great one to go back to. That's how we talk about how to talk to clients about money. Yes. This one's quick. What would you tell the 2020 version of you? Before starting the podcast or... Maybe. Just whatever. Or life in general? It's not going to be two weeks. Like when somebody said on the news, it might be three years, they were right. Uh Uh-huh. You're going to be fine. But also, like in regards to the podcast, you're right. Like, this is going to be the things you were hoping it was going to be. For, I think, okay, so for life in general, I would say that I'm a chronic underestimator. So I'd be telling 2020 version of me think bigger, think like do more, like do the most instead of underestimating everything. And that's just how I always do things. Like, Let's downplay it. So then if I'm disappointed, it's not a big deal. But then I never open myself up to those possibilities of what if it's bigger? What if it's better? What this if This is where we're opposite. And so that's like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be disappointed. So I'm going to say that only 10 people will show up to my birthday party and then 100 people show up. You know, like I'd rather be pleasantly surprised than disappointed. And I feel like life is about building space for yourself to expand and grow and build into that. And I think there's so much more that's possible that I should have told 2020 me, open yourself up to all of that and be ready for all of it. And it's going to like, there's so much growth for your business. There's so much growth for you as a person, for your relationships with other people. Like so much has grown in just three years. So it's been really huge. And then for the podcast, I would say... Don't don't let Rebecca tell you it's going to be really easy and how hard could it be? I don't 
do that anymore. No, no. Because we've, we've had three years to say, oh my God, it's actually way more complicated than you think to do all or of this. Or it's going to take longer. It's going to take longer the or there's more resources. time. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and truthfully, the same can be said about any business or any project you're going to start. It's the, I say the same thing after every time I do a room in my house. I'm like, why did I lie to myself and pretend that I could do that quickly or cheaply or whatever? It, none of the num- thing I told myself was true. So, but then I don't you would know. never do anything. Like if you really thought it was going to be as hard as things typically end up being, like you wouldn't then start you it. Would just do you wouldn't do it. And now look at us now. Look at us now. So easy. So much time. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> don't lie to the hotties. <laughs> Don't lie to them about the reality of it all. No. It's more streamlined, though. We've done a lot. We've huge, a lot. huge improvements. Better audio, better technology, be- better editing. More help. More help. <laughs> because, yes, hello, no business can really do it all by themselves and like kind of cringe, lie to ourselves about it. The same is true for our businesses, our design businesses. Like you, you need to be streamlined and efficient and planned and have help and have a process. And the same is true for the podcast. It's not... We've lied to ourselves a few times where we're like, what if it's like a not a business business? And I'm like, no, it's... It, it can well, that's only how I had to trick a, you into coming It can back. only be a business. It can only be a business. It has to be self-sustaining. Like, it has to do it. So that's been fun, actually, to look back and realize like, oh, yeah, we could do it. We just have to like not... Not undervalue it, it or to underestimate be it. Smaller chunks. Like I think we can't look at the big, giant part of like the full, the whole of it. Like we just have to break it down into manageable chunks. So don't look at trying to finish a whole pizza. Just imagine one slice at a time. Yeah. Unless you're like, I can probably polish off a whole pizza. One pepperoni at a time. Yeah. One pepperoni at a time. Just a pepperoni. It's just one more. Eat it. You got it. Yeah. Or no, it's that scene. Did you, you've watched Matilda, the original Matilda movie where he has to eat the big chocolate cake? Oh, God. It's just one bite at a time and you get the whole (laughs) cake. And then he's sick for. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Going in the chokey. Speaking okay. of gross stuff, what's your most cringeworthy moment of the show? I I think it's just those early pandemic conversations. I don't know. Like I think some of them Yeah, and I think some of them were just like our online therapy sessions. We were lonely. We were locked down in California for a long time. I know a lot of designers might not remember that now because they're in states where that wasn't happening, but it was truly sad. Look, a lot was going on. I don't want to diminutize what happened during that, but it was rough. That those first couple, that first year especially, was a rough run of events. And I have healthcare. I, I, I mean, have we ha- healthcare providers in my family, in my household. Like it's yeah. a lot, you know. I mean, we had fun. I just can't. I just can't go back and listen to some of them. It's hard. but I don't. You know, I don't listen to any of them. So what am I saying? Re- you guys, Rebecca like never goes back to the episodes. I will like listen in back. I did to a stuff, little bit like, for this. Yeah, I did for this. Like we'd look through our notes or go back to it. I would say, for me, one of the most like cringeworthy moments was like the pitching the show to people in that first year and like hoping that people would like designers we admire and like would want to be on the show and getting told no. And I'm like, 
oh, what? Like, you don't want to talk to very us? much. It happened a few times and we changed our pitch strategy because of it. But it was like, ew, you think you're like some big shit? You're just going to tell me no? Like, <laughs> but didn't, wasn't it like some of them like about them? Like, yeah, we have some people who don't, who replied that they didn't want to be like, I don't want to be recorded or I don't really want to share. And I think what we've learned too is like, it's the it's that for me, the cringe is like the rejection of it. And then also learning yeah. like, well, we just need to find the people who want to do this with us and the designers who want to be transparent and share and be open. And uh, now when we get no's, which it's fine, like we do get that. And we also have to say no to people who like want to be on the show and sell you guys timeshares and weird stuff. Like we're also like, Learning how to tell people no, like you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We've we have we have definitely gatekept our podcast from people, <laughs> so that way they don't come on the show and just try to sell you their latest, you know, shiny wear. Like it's it's a thing. It's not just that. I mean, we should say this a little bit that we're really conscientious about our guests. Yeah. Partly because we only have like 10 guests a year since we're only doing every, every other week. week. Yeah. And we want to like make sure we're bringing different voices and some diversity to what we're doing. So there's very few slots for what we're doing at this point, but I don't know. So yeah. And we want to be able to have conversations with each other a more. lot more than... yeah. No, we like talking to each other a lot. And then, yeah, sometimes... And there's lots of guest shows out there. Like, there's so many other single podcasters. It's easier to have a guest. Yes. And they're doing it very well, so... So, yeah, the pitching people part and getting no's was like, ew, Mm -hmm. why would you say no to us? Like, we're going to be fun and it's going to be great. And then you realize, okay, just the wrong... It's the wrong one. It's okay. And I think that was too before we thought of ourselves as the prize. I'm just going to make this the theme of the episode. Because we are. Probably like our position, our positioning was different of, please, sir, can you come on our show? Give us an hour of your time, please. (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely in a different position now being that other designers who have asked to come on the show, a lot of them are fans and listeners. And we can say that for quite a few of our guests that they're also fans of the show and they like listening. And I think that's really fantastic. It helps. But but that we also have a really big audience of designers who are eager to hear from other guests and being able to share more about our audience with potential guests makes it a lot easier for people to come on the show because they understand who they're talking to. And we're also not like a fly-by-night operation here. Like we really have built in a lot of longevity. 100 episodes feels like a really fantastic way to celebrate that. So that's really good. You want to share your funniest moment of the show? Or your biggest LOL? I don't really have one. Do you want me me to tell you mine? You tell me mine. Yeah, you tell me Um, yours. Yeah. You tell me mine. (laughs) I still think constantly about when you said that a horse designed by committee is a camel. (laughs) I think about that all the time. I think about I that. Just, I just all saw the time. that somewhere. And it's actually, like, I just remember. Like you said, you didn't coin the phrase, you just shared it again. No. And I think about it all the time. I mean, it's very, it's very true. 
It's so, um, it's, yeah. And then you were, we were, for anyone who missed that, I have no idea what exact episode that was, but we were talking about like designing and like having too many inputs on the design process means everybody gets to say a little piece about what they think it needs to look like to become a horse. But in reality, it's like this weird game of telephone where people misunderstand things and all the pieces get put together weird. And so it's really a camel at the end and no one get, nobody got what they wanted. Like, it's a really silly situation. And our job is to take a lot of different factors and make them all harmonize. And if you have five people just saying, I have to have this in the room, it doesn't work. It reminds me of those kids' drawings where they take, you know, they take like the sketches of like <laughs> yeah. a little kid drew a bunny and then the guy uses Photoshop to make it look like that bunny. And it's always the most like nightmarish so creepy. sleep paralysis demon when they're done. <laughs> like it's so bad. Like, and that is that is that a horse designed by committee is a camel. Like I did see that when I was going through. I saw it in the show notes somewhere. I'll see if I can find it. I laugh at it um, all. I think about it so often. I'm glad I could bring that to you. <laughs> I I just in general think like every episode we crack ourselves up. So I don't know. Some of the Hopefully. just stops are really good for laughs though. If you guys are <laughs> trying to look back at like what are the stupid ones where we're just like usually having a drink while we do them. It's mm-hmm. the just stop episodes. Those are gold. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to come up with a new one. I mean, there's always so what more would content. You, we always have more yeah. things to talk about. So what about like a podcast Easter egg or like a BTS moment? If you're back at those early first 50 episodes, the outtakes at the very end of the credits are always some of the stupidest moments between you and I. We're usually cracking each other <laughs> up. like Or singing or something. Yeah, or just like a random joke that got cut or something that was, like wasn't relevant to the episode. So we pushed it to the end. And they're usually like those Marvel after credits type of quickies where they're very short. But those were fun. It, it got harder and harder to yeah. execute as we kept going on because... Sometimes an episode didn't have something that was an outtake, so then we didn't have one. Or as we started moving to editors, it's like, well, the editor's job isn't to choose what's funny. And so... They don't have the new one. Yeah, it was when I was editing and I would like earmark them. And you would just grab a random segment and and it would be like a surprise for me because I would listen through for like a draft edit of like, is there anything we need to adjust or remove? And so it was kind of fun for me to find those at the end of the episode and catch whatever you decided was like the funny moment at the <laughs> it end. It was my little love letter to you. Yeah, it was fun. Note. Those are fun, especially in those first like 30, you know, 30 to 40 mm-hmm. episodes. They have little Easter eggs at the end, which are just stupid. So those are fun. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to like take it slightly serious, but not oh. belabor this. But I don't know if I've ever totally talked about this. I think I have. But my breathing issue, yeah. I feel like to me has been like a third party in the podcast. <laughs> the third host? Yeah. So have I talked about this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have a condition called yep. subglottic stenosis, which means my trachea starts building scar tissue and closes my airway. So I was, I had my first surgery October, 2021. And you can hear it leading up to those episodes really bad. When I was editing, I would edit them out a lot. All of my like wheezing and 
Strider stuff. Yeah, like every other so now, breath, you were having to go in and like cut out that that sound. It was like throughout every episode. Yeah. Or even it's like affects the way I talk because I have to take these beats yeah. <laughs> as I do now as she takes a deep breath. So right now I'm two weeks out from my next surgery. So I'm also like, I can hear my voice cadence is different again. Yeah. So there's a little nugget for you. So if you ever know anyone who's getting really weird shortness of breath for no reason, and they keep trying to put you in asthma medication and it doesn't do anything, it might not be asthma. go to, well, it's not asthma, it's my throat. So like go to your ENT and have them stick a camera up your nose. So <laughs> for gross. fun, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it happens only 95% of people with this condition are women. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's worth like acknowledging again how we said like at the top of the show, like our health and our well-being and who we are as people is an important part of everything that we do. And so you can't remove that from the fact that we like speak for part of our living and like need to walk around shows or pe- take flights up to people's second story in their home. Like it's par- a oh, huge God, part of your worst. life. Like, And I think that part of the irony too is my diagnosis happened during this show. So I was really struggling for the first year, not knowing what it was still. So anyway, <laughs> that's cringeworthy too. So you can hear that. And that's why. In those early episodes. Yeah, it's different now. And right now. Yeah. It's building that awareness of like knowing when it's happening. Because I remember when I said it to you a couple of months ago, I was like, I don't know if you're hearing it, but like I could hear it in our Marco Polos. And I was like, I don't want to make you worried about this, but I'm hearing it. And I have you been hearing it? And you're like, yeah, so yeah. Like it's... Yeah, I'd already made an appointment. It's taken me eight months to get my surgery, so... yeah. But I also think now it's like something you pay, like you have to learn to pay attention to yourself better and take care of yourself. And it's like, it's still new. This is only the second time you're having to go through it like this. So you're like, oh, you're having these realizations of, I need to be like ahead and taking care of myself way in advance because no one else is going to catch it until it might be too late again. And so it's a good lesson for us basically, Yeah. So basically it's like when I go to my hairdresser, I have to book my next appointment. (laughs) So when you go to when you go to have your procedure for this, you're like, okay, great. Can we put one on the books for like nine months from now, please? Like exactly. Hopefully, knowing that it might get pushed out to twelve months or something. Like, yeah, but it's not a big. It's annoying in daily day day to day life, but it's a very easy procedure with it's outpatient and only kind of out for like a day. Right. So we'll be back at it again. Can't wait. Yes. Well, looking ahead at that, we should just say, what? let's go three years more into the future. What are we doing? What's HYDC doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm really bad at like being strategic with my business. I want to have some sort of team in place, a stronger support system that can do all the things that I don't shine at. I'm in, I have some things in play right now that I'm finally making some moves on it. So in three years, I hope that's in a place that is just cracking along. Mm -hmm. And for the podcast, I don't know. I, 
I don't know how much we should talk about how much, how the sausage is made or what we talk about, but I'm going to spill a little. Mm -hmm. We don't want this to be our full-time jobs because it's really important for us to obviously to be designers, but it also adds a lot of value to what we're talking about. I like being a designer. Yeah, I do too. I don't love everything about it. So that's why I'm hoping for some support. But it would be. I don't think any would designer would fun. say, I love all 100% of everything I do. I love. Like, show me who it is and I'll f- show you someone who's delusional. Like, <laughs> they're definitely an upholder. Yeah. I think it would be fun to have this be a bigger percentage of my job. I get it's very emotionally Let me say fulfilling. Paid, paid percentage. So that's us probably having more kind of appearance kind of things, going to shows, being at more industry events. Right. I would like to... Generally, I agree with that about like, where is the where is HYDC going? We've really gotten a lot emotionally out of being able to connect more with other designers in person at shows, at markets, at our hottie hangouts on our Patreon every month. Like that's been fantastic to really feel like we have other designers that we can connect with, talk to, share ideas with. It's not just us having all the answers. It's just like, can we just talk with each other like real people do? And it's been really rewarding. And I I just want more of that in the next three years. And I don't know what all the venues or ways of getting there look like, but part of the podcast that feels so isolating is we just don't know what's going on until we talk to people. So I love how we're starting to find balance in having the show as a way that we can talk to one another and share ideas and get ideas, but also have that whole feedback loop come all the way back around by being able to be with more designers and not feel so isolated. And that was a huge part of what started the show was a sense of isolation at the beginning of a pandemic and knowing that it wasn't just going to get easier right away. And I f- see like there's so much opportunity for us to have more opportunity, more chances to be with designers. Yeah, and create meaning and be the voices we wanted to hear, I think, was what really drew us together Yeah, um, as a pure relationship. Like, right. I do really well with that and less with... Like a coach, authoritarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's room for coaching, but just the I don't need an authoritarian telling me how exactly to do something because it's just not how my brain works, and I'll rebel against a lot of it. Yes, which is not helpful. (laughs) That does no one favors. So I also don't like being told what what to do for stuff like that. Like, I still want people to. It's not. I don't need to take out the trash. I need. Could you could you take out? Will you take out the trash? Like then I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But if you're like, take it out right now, I'm like, oh, you wait to see how much trash builds up. I am not <laughs> touching that. Like, it's don't tell me what to do, which is probably like my inner child fighting back. But in the same way that happens in my business where clients are like, I need this today. And I'm like, I have like a bunch of stuff to do today. And you Hell can't just you throw, do. you can't just throw this on my calendar. And contractors are the same way where I'm, they're like, I need this right now. And I'm like, who are you to think that I am at your beck and call whenever you happen to do it? Like, I left you two voicemails. I it's made like, a mistake and I need to fix it. But, but very little yeah. in our work is an emergency. And so I think that's just how I respond to stuff. But leading to that is like, where do I want Renstead Interiors to be in three more years? I don't want to be the lead 
creative and client contact for everything. I'm realizing more and more how much I value being able to let somebody else handle some of those like day-to-day communications or client updates or just be a first line of defense. And I, and some of this is just driven by not necessarily that I can't or won't want to do it anymore, but also that I'm finding space in my life where I'm trying to create an environment for myself that I enjoy. And I'm not finding personal joy out of being like the main and lead point of contact for so much of my business, which means one of my ideas is that is there is another senior or or junior level designer who takes a lot of responsibility on projects. And maybe in the first little bit of that, we're splitting projects up and still kind of working on those. But I don't want to be the only person that gets a call when something happens or something needs to get done. I would much, much rather like to have someone who can shoulder that burden and make it easier for all of us to do it. And you feel like you could give up creative control too? If I can be like a creative director or like remain like a principal. Yeah. Stamp like Stamp of approval. Let's do the ideation phase of a project together. General look and feel. But like, I just want to have the right to say no to something before the presentation. Like bring it back before the presentation. Give me a chance to veto. I hate that lamp. I freaking hate that fabric. Let's pick another one. Like, great. Let's move on. Like, I think that takes time. You need, you have to find trust with the designer and what you're doing. But I'd love to be at a place in three years where that's like a sustainable place. The projects support having that person do that. But also like let another creative feel a sense of pride in the work they're creating. I want them to like what we're doing. I don't want someone on my team who doesn't enjoy the aesthetic and the work that we're doing and just is doing yeah. it because. I want them to really feel like they've created projects they can be proud of and that they're happy with. I love that for you. I, I love, love that journey for I love, you. I love the whole journey we've been on in 100 episodes. It's hard to believe. Happy 100th birthday to our pandemic baby. Happy 100th birthday. And don't forget our favorite things giveaway. You have until the end of September. Go to our website, enter, get some of our favorite things as a thank you for being one of our Loyal listeners, we really appreciate it. And if it's too late, you should still go on there and sign up for our newsletter because that's where we drop and remind and do all the updates all the f- of what's happening. All the fresh stuff happens there. And, and we finally, don't spam you. Yeah. If you want to help us celebrate even more, the best thing that you can do is rate, review, and subscribe to the show to make sure that we get your feedback and other designers can find the show better. All the podcast platforms reward shows by sharing it with other designers, which means we're more likely to be discovered by people who need us the most. Yeah. And we have tons of... Oh, and you can join our Patreon. Our Patreons are tight-knit community of loyalist hotties. And the Patreon's gotten really good lately. We are doing monthly hottie hangouts. We just had one today. I always learn things. I always like kind of get excited again about the things we're tackling, whatever the topic is. It's a different topic every month. And you also get an extra video episode. 
And our Patreon members get a discount in our shop for all of our downloadable resources. So that proves to be super valuable since usually it's paying that that Patreon membership is paying for itself when you get your first download. So that's something else to take advantage of. Yeah, you get like two months free basically if you're going (laughs) to buy something in the shop. So it's like girl math. It's basically free. Secret, secret swoop. How could you not buy it? It's practically free. All right. All right. So well, thank you. Thank you. Sh- thank you, Sean, for putting up with all of my ideas and not always saying no immediately. Well, and, and thank you, Rebecca, for yes keeping eventually. up with all my boundaries <laughs> and my trauma. <laughs> I'm here to protect those for you. Thank you. I love that for us. And thank you to all of our hotties. Until next time, stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 